0: Welcome everyone to part two of the two-part series on relationships with Trevor McGregor. In part one, we discussed number one on the list, which is loving yourself first. In this episode, we're gonna talk about the next four steps. So again, number one, loving yourself first. Number two, understanding yourself. Number three, discover what a perfect relationship is for you. Number four, create a heaven and hell list or a have and have not list. Number five, mutually agreeing to work together for progress in a positive direction. Let's get to it.
1: The roles and responsibilities of men and women, you know, traditionally was the men went and clubbed the buffalo while the women stood home and stayed home and and nurtured the children. That paradigm has shifted right? So I think we've got a new dynamic now where we got to take a look at roles and responsibilities and, you know, all of those things. And again, that's where, if you're not on the same page as your spouse, you're not getting that, you know, certainty or variety that, you know, kind of we're talking about here because a lot of people just assume it rather than talking about and saying, what's the highest and best use or what's important to you? Or what do you love about this? What do you not like about this?
0: Spoken about loving yourself, and that's fundamental importance. And we can speak about this for for probably for hours, but I'm really trying to condense some of this information. And I'm sure we're going to talk about these topics in a lot more detail later in other podcasts. But the second one, the second step here is understanding yourself. And we spoke about the needs assessment, which you know is super important. That's understanding yourself, understanding your partner. The other thing that I think everyone should be aware of is the five love languages, written by Gary Chapman. Excellent book. And you want to speak to that, Trevor?
1: Oh my gosh. I'll tell you folks, if you have not heard of the five love languages, you're doing yourself a disservice because it is a game changer for couples all over this beautiful blue planet because the author, Gary Chapman has written a very thin book. It's not a big thick book that would take you months to read. You could literally knock this out in a weekend if you wanted to, where he, you know, really says that the five love languages, and again, they're universal for men and for women is really all you really need to do to understand what's important to you and what's important to your significant other. So let's unpack all five of them real quickly here because the first of the five love languages are words of affirmation, words of affirmation. So think about that for a minute. How often are you affirming your significant other? How often are you saying something that's positive or nurturing or or being grateful? Because for a lot of people, you know what communication has really broken down due to this little thing called the smartphone where, you know, they're scrolling through Facebook and TikTok and Instagram, instead of really, you know, getting quiet and being present with their significant others. So number one is words of affirmation. And I know Ravi for you and I, that's a big one that we feel, you know, just creates that bond or that connection or that oxytocin, you know, when we hear it from, from our significant others. So would you agree that that's an important thing to know? whether it's the receiver or the giver, that words of affirmation do matter.
0: Yes, 100%. And, you know, and and everyone has a different hierarchy of needs, right? Words of affirmation, both for you and me, Trevor, are important. But for others, there may be other ones that are number one or number two.
1: Yeah, and number two is called spending quality time together. So think about that for a minute. You know, for some people, that's their highest of the five love languages is they want to spend quality time, not just being in the same room watching Netflix, but literally being present, having eye contact, holding hands, talking about what's important. What are your beliefs? What are your values? What are your rules? You know, where's the relationship going? Well, if you're not carving out and spending quality time with your significant other, or they're not doing that for you, there's going to be a breakdown.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: You bet. That takes us to number three, which is really interesting. And that's called acts of service, acts of service. That is where, you know, we do something that is important or identified by the other spouse as being very helpful. Maybe you empty the dishwasher without being told to do so, or you fill up your spouse's car with gas. When you notice they're almost on empty, you do the things that you know, just show appreciation and love and that you adore this individual. What do you think of that one?
0: You know, I remember a time where I was like, I'm going to focus on this, you know, the acts of service because my spouse, she ranks that higher on her list. For me, words of affirmation is higher. You know, if if, if it's, if she tells me, hey, look, I, you know, I appreciate this. I value you for this. I respect you for this. It makes me feel great. For her, it's acts of service. So if I go gulp fill her car gas or, you know, clean her car or do whatever it may be, she feels great. Now, for me, if she did that for me, you know, it's it's nice, but it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So, you know, you may be thinking when you're interacting with your spouse that, hey, look, I'm doing everything I would want and she, he, he or she doesn't really care. Well, it's because your love languages differ.
1: That's it. That's it. And we'll come back to that because I think we'll get through the final two and then we'll be able to discern, you know, what's important to one and what's important to the other. But grade share because number four is what we call gift giving, gift giving. And that's really simple where, you know, in the old days, we used to think you had to bring flowers home or you had to bring home chocolates. But, you know, in today's world, it could be, you know, writing a a card or a note to your spouse and leaving it, you know, while you head out to work or, you know, for Lisa and I oftentimes I'll write, I love you on a yellow post-it note and I'll stick it up on the bathroom mirror so that when she wakes up, she'll see it. Or I'll put it on the rear view mirror of her Tesla or somewhere where she can find it. That's kind of a bit of a surprise because at the end of the day, it's the little things that make women and men feel special. Right. And remember men are wired for logic. Women are more so wired for emotion. And I'm telling you, sometimes that just reminds each other that it's the little things that add up to the big things. What do you think of that one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know I'm gonna I'm gonna expand on that a bit after we talk about the fifth love language which is which is physical touch. But when you sp- when you speak about men and women, you're talking about their tendency, masculine tendency and feminine tendency. Because there could be some women that are very logical, the men that yep. are very emotional, and that just is that's completely fine. And everybody has their own tendency, and you have to have you have to have that polarity in a relationship. But we'll talk about that in a second. Let's get to physical touch.
1: You bet. Number five, folks, the last one is physical touch. And for some physical touch is holding hands. For some physical touch is where you might rub the side of your, you know, significant other's cheek and tell them they have soft skin. For others, it's intimacy. But I'm telling you, we're absolutely wired for it. And intimacy is a huge part of having a deep and loving relationship where we feel connected. So really, when you recap them, Number one, words of affirmation. Number two is really acts of service. Number three is uh, spending quality time together. Number four, the gift giving. And then number five is physical touch. So here's where it gets really interesting because if your top one or two, you know, love languages, maybe one is words of affirmation and one is physical touch and your spouse doesn't know that and their, you know, top two might be acts of service and maybe gift giving. It's like they're speaking Russian and you're speaking Chinese and you're wondering why you're not connecting. So I think it's really important, Ravi, for couples to not only understand the love languages, but identify what their top one or two or three are. And for the spouse to identify what their top one, two or three are. And you can do this individually, you can do this together. But I find that couples that have a robust conversation around this and they literally lean into these things. It's amazing to see how that connection skyrockets.
0: What do you think? So Trevor, let me ask you this. It, you know you've you've interacted with so many people. If someone has the same hierarchy of needs, if someone has the same love languages, if it'll we'll get to polarity in a second, but if someone has the masculine feminine polarity, how often do their relationships go sour go sour?
1: I think that's a great question, and I think it's different strokes for different folks because you know what? Not to complicate it, but there's a reason for every season, right? So sometimes you're in a season in a relationship where it's like summer and you're happy and the sun is shining and you're getting along well and things are wonderful and the kids are behaving. And you know what? Then sometimes it becomes winter and it's darker, it's colder. You're not having as much fun. And believe it or not, some people freeze to death in winter, whereas other people see it as just another reason for the season where They'll put on skis and go snowshoeing and build a fort and have a snowball fight. So I think it's very important to really realize that sometimes we're in what we call that relationship summer. Sometimes we enter into relationship winter, and then you've got the spring and fall, you know, between both of those. So to come back to the six human needs, to come back to the five love languages, to come back to there's a reason for every season, I think it really depends on what's going on that will really, you know, dictate how people use these tools or understand these tools, not from just an intellectual. Well, that's interesting, Ravi and Trevor, but how can I use them to step up, you know, even one level? Because folks, you're either showing up good in your relationship or you're showing up great, or you're showing up excellent, or you're showing up outstanding, right? Good isn't good enough. If you're at the level here But you know, there's multiple levels above you. You got to lean into some of these things that were dripping on you here, because this is what really, again, creates the opportunity for you to do something with the information, right? And that's why I always say that information is really just entertainment until it's applied. But ultimately, all of these things go together to give you a unique perspective on what you could be, do, or have to take your relationship to new heights.
0: I love that answer. Now, let's get, you know, in, in understanding yourself, the second point here, I'm going to also, and I, I alluded to this a couple of times, polarity is incredibly important. And what that really means is a certain partner has masculine energy, a certain partner has feminine energy, it could be the male or female with either one, and that creates polarity in the relationship. And, you know, a male is more directed, is focused, you know, is task oriented or, or masculine energy, I should say. Feminine energy is more wholesome, is encompassing, and that polarity has to be there. If it's not there, then the relationship for of stagnates. It's, it, you know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as passionate. And that is incredibly important. Uh, that polarity is incredibly important. And, and Trevor, I know you you speak a lot about this. Can you add to that?
1: Yeah, polarity is everything. If you look at anything on the planet, folks the law of polarity is in play. It's like the law of gravity. If I drop this pen, it's going to go down. Well, the law of polarity is also a law where I'll give you some examples. You can't have day without night, or you can't have black without white, or you can't have the North pole without the South pole and you can't have masculine without feminine. So, you know, the earth was created with this polarity in mind. So you've really got to ask yourself, you know, is everything so boring and humdrum and, You know, plain Jane and it's Groundhog Day every day where that, you know, relationship suffers. Or are you stepping up and literally optimizing and maximizing the law of polarity by doing things differently today than maybe you did yesterday than maybe you did the day before? Or are you planning certain things? And it could be anything from some of the, you know, variety we talked about in going on dates or, you know, trying new foods, trying new sexual positions, going to new places, watching different, you know, documentaries, reading different books, because I really do believe that, you know, variety is the spice of life. And if you really look at it, we need certainty in a relationship, but I'll tell you, if there's too much certainty in a relationship and people don't meet that need for variety, they will start going and looking for it elsewhere. The roles and responsibilities of men and women, you know, traditionally was the men went and clubbed the Buffalo while the women stood home and stayed home and and nurtured the children. That paradigm has shifted, right? So I think we've got a new dynamic now where we got to take a look at roles and responsibilities and, you know, all of those things. And again, that's where, if you're not on the same page as your spouse, you're not getting that, you know, certainty or variety that, you know, kind of we're talking about here because a lot of people just assume it rather than talking about and saying, what's the highest and best use or what's important to you? Or what do you love about this? What do you not like about this? And I think that's where we have a bit of a communication breakdown for couples that just assume, because the minute that we assume, right, we're really not feeling into what our partner craves or really desires. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. So in in today's society, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to equate men and women as one, you know, we're trying to say everyone's equal. Well, there, you know, we should be equal in certain ways in terms of, you know, rights and where you can progress in society. But in terms of like just fundamentally who people are, there really needs to be the feminine energy. There needs to be the masculine energy. You know, as Trevor mentioned, you know, many, many generations ago, that's the, there was that distinction. It was there. It was obvious. It was evident. But in today's society, it's come a bit muddled. And I, I really feel to create that passion you really need to create that distinction again. And, you know, maybe as the masculine energy, you may not feel comfortable, you know, maybe holding your partner or, you know, touching them in a certain way or behaving a certain way, but maybe your partner wants that. So talk to your partner, just, just you know, if, if you don't want to do it right off, just say, hey, look, do you like it when I'm like this? you like it when I'm maybe a little more aggressive, when I'm more directive? when your partner says, yeah, I love that. And do you, and, and, and the other way, do you like it when I'm more wholesome or caring or, you know, considerate in certain ways or encompassing, you know, yes, yep. I love, I like that, you know, so talk to each other about polarity. Cause that's, that's incredibly, I think, incredibly important concept. Yeah.
1: I'll jump in on that. I yeah, think yeah, it's please. really important to understand that, you know, there's this thing that Tony Robbins teaches called the formula for happiness, right? And the formula for happiness in a relationship is when you're L.C., equals your bp so let's unpack that because the lc stands for your life conditions that's what's going on in your reality or your perception whereas the bp is your blueprint and your blueprint is your expectation for how things should be so i'll go full circle on this that we'll be happy in the relationship when our life conditions matches up or equals the blueprint which is the expectation of what we want right but there's also a second and a third formula where the formula for unhappiness is when our LC does not equal our BP. That is our life conditions or what's going on in the relationship doesn't match our blueprint or our expectation for what we want. Right? So now we've got the formula for happiness, the formula for unhappiness. What's left Trevor. Well, it's called the formula for suffering, the formula for suffering. And it's when our life conditions, our LC does not match our BP And we feel powerless to do anything about it, or we feel powerless to speak up, or we feel powerless because we think, oh, my spouse won't understand, or you know what, it's shameful, or you come up with a story and you tell yourself BS as to why you can't have something. And so the relationship suffers. So I guess, you know, as a high performance coach and as as a doctor helping people navigate this, we don't want you in formula three. We don't even want you in formula two. We'd rather have you find ways to get back into the formula for happiness. And the only ways to do that is to either change your life conditions and do something and take action, or maybe you need to change your mindset or your blueprint or ask better questions or step into your higher self and your higher identity. But at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff we're talking about really fits into, you know, are your life conditions consistent with what your blueprint is? And if it is great, keep that relationship nurtured and natured. And if it's not, when would now be a good time to do something about it?
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay. So now that is the second bullet of understanding yourself. The third is discovering what is the perfect relationship for you. And I went through this exercise where I personally wrote down all the things I wanted in my partner, the things that I thought were perfect. And I also took into account what, you know, what they potentially would want in me, put all those things down, and then they became that person for 90 days. That's, that's something called a 90-day challenge, because what you realize is, in this period of time, is that you are potentially, or are most likely, part of the problem. You know, it's not all your spouse, when you're having discord, when you're having a relationship issue, it's not all your spouse. You know, it's, it always takes two hands to clap. It's two people. If you are the perfect partner for 90 days and take that challenge, and I, I really recommend and stress this to the listeners out there try this yourself, become the perfect partner for 90 days, and you'll realize many issues that you saw as issues will sort of melt away. And you'll realize that, hey, look, if I did, if I changed myself, if I tried something different, You know, that will affect my partner in such a way and we can make things, you know, much more harmonious. Are you struggling with reaching your health goals? Do you feel like you need extra help to achieve your desired level of wellness? Well, we're here to tell you that you're not alone. Our website at peakwellnesshealth.com, which is linked in the show notes below, offers a variety of resources to help you on your journey towards optimal health. One of the most popular resources is the 10-Day Body Reset Course which is designed to teach you about diet, sleep, meditation, exercise, and how to lower your blood sugar, blood pressure, body fat, and improve your biomarkers all in just 10 days. Our program is comprehensive yet easy to follow, and we've seen amazing results for those who have completed it. But that's not all. We offer a body optimization course, which teaches you how to lose fat and build muscle. Our program is tailored towards your individual needs and goals so that you can be sure that you're getting the most effective guidance. And if you need even more personalized support, we offer one-on-one consultations. During these sessions, we'll work with you to create a personalized plan that takes into account your unique circumstances, preferences, and goals. Visit peakwellnesshealth.com today and take the first step towards achieving your health goals.
1: I love that. I mean, it really is about stepping out of the law of familiarity and into, you know, really, you know, what I think relationships are really craving these days, which is, focus and presence and being, you know, really a good listener and all of those things. So if you think about becoming a quote unquote, perfect person for 90 days, you might not hit it 10 out of 10. But again, I go back to the fact that what do you need to be, do, or have to step into your higher self? Because really we we oftentimes are stuck in the identity of really two things. We're either in our lower self, right? Which is our, oh, it'll never work, or this is just a scheme, or it's not sustainable, that's how our lower self thinks. That's our saboteur mind, but we can also step into our higher self. That's our sage mind. That's our wisdom. That's where we live more so in our heart than in our head. So for 90 days, if you can kind of identify that you will not live in your lower self or your saboteur self, but you're going to absolutely do the full court press and step into your highest self, your best self, You know, the self that can literally do anything for 90 days when it's defiantly committed to it. That's when sparks fly and magic happens. And at first the spouse will be going, what is this person doing? Why is she being so nice? Or why is he being so nice? Or is this something going on? But then they start to really feel different. Their biochemistry changes, their heart will start beating differently. And through day one, day three, day 10, day 15, right? There's a literally a paradigm shift in that relationship and i'm telling you after 30 days it's spectacular 60 days in unbelievable and 90 days extraordinary as to what we could do in a, just a short three-month time
0: yeah and and there's a great book atomic habits by james clear and he talks about building habits and yeah. one of one of the lessons distinctions is that it takes 66 days to build a habit so if you're trying this for 90 days you really put it in your all you're going to build some habits in this period of time that are going to be beneficial to your relationship. I also want to add that it's not going to be easy, right? Because you're changing yourself. It's going to feel uncomfortable and your your yep. spouse is going to trigger you. They know how to do it. They're going they know the best ways, best buttons to push to make you go nuts. And you know, I did this and it happened to me and I'm you know, usually when you know, those buttons were pushed, I'd react, but I was like, "You know what? I'm not going to react. I'm I'm going to just walk away or I'm going to take a deep breath or I I figured out some way I would get beyond that. Move beyond that period and then said to myself, "You know what? I'm going to stick with this for 90 days, Because if you think to yourself, "Hey, this is I'm in this relationship for life, this is going to be the way it is, you may just go to the place of reaction and stress. But if you're thinking, yep. okay, this is a limited time. I'm going to be this, I'm going to do the best I can. It's just easier to swallow that trigger and don't get on them about it, don't argue with them, just go with it and you know accept it. And move on. And you'll find, as Trevor mentioned, I mentioned earlier, you know, it's magic can happen.
1: That's brilliant. I love that. And it's not the trigger because stuff's going to happen. It's what we choose to do with the trigger. Right. And you said it beautifully. We're either going to react to the trigger or we're going to say, isn't this interesting, right? My spouse is having a moment or my kids are having a meltdown or something just spilled on the floor. But the goal here is to learn to just delay that re re reaction and instead choose to respond. And if you can do that in, you know, an hour, you can do it in a day, you can do it in a week, you can do it in a month, you can do it for 90 days and challenge yourself. This is where, you know, Ravi calls it the 90 day challenge for a reason challenges aren't meant to defeat us they're to get us to step up and lift us up and elevate our emotions. And maybe you've got to really remember that when you are triggered, oftentimes we go into, you know, what we call suffering or what Tony calls your favorite flavor of suffering. Maybe you get angry, maybe you get sad, maybe you get mad, maybe you get, you know, quiet. So the goal here is to really identify, you know, where you live emotionally and start to go after and live in a different emotional home, which might be, you know, courage or optimism, Or gamification. Maybe you got to gamify things with your spouse for 90 days. But I'm telling you, those emotions are available to us just like the negative emotions. So I always say where focus goes, energy flows. What do you think?
0: Absolutely. So we've got the we got the step one, love yourself first. Step two, understand yourself. Step three, discover what the perfect perfect relationship for you is and act like it for 90 days. Step four is create a list of have and have nots. And some people call this the heaven and hell list. So what this is, is you list out everything that you want in a relationship and everything you do not want. And then you look at the non-negotiables and you circle the non-negotiables. You know, these are things that absolutely I cannot live with or I cannot live without. And with this list, you share with your partner. And I make this step four because if you are the best person you can be for 90 days, you don't even need your partner's participation. But they will see that you are indeed putting the effort and trying. And when you go to them with this list, like, hey, look, I'm 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 really all about this relationship. I want this to work. These are the things that I really need or don't need. Can we work on this together? Can we work in on this in a mutually beneficial direction? See what happens. What do an you think? An
1: incredible exercise, Robbie. An incredible exercise where, you know, people spend more time planning their trip to Mexico once a year for holidays. Than they do sitting down and getting crystal clear because that's why we say clarity is power, right? Clarity is power. And your significant other isn't a savant. They don't know what you want. They're not mind readers. So to sit down and create this list of what's important to me and what is not important to me or what's non negotiable or however you want to do this is really what we call a values clarifier. Because if you really think about what we do, our whole life is only due to three things, and it is our beliefs our values and our rules. I call it BVR, beliefs, values, and rules. And by sitting down, taking out a pen and a paper, pouring a cup of tea and creating this list, not only will you give yourself clarity of what you want and what you don't want and what's non-negotiable, but when you sit with your spouse, they're fascinated by this. They go, I didn't know that, or I didn't see that that was important to you, or I could see why, you know, this is affecting our relationship the way it is. It's almost having a roadmap a recipe, a GPS, a communication tool that makes things better, or at least sets the table for us to move in that mutually beneficial direction. So I think number four is a must and not a should. What do you think?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And when you get to that point, you know, it it may be a list that you create and you share with your spouse and your spouse is like, hey, hey," you know, hell no, I'm not, I'm not going to change. This is who I am. It may have, I mean, it happens to me. and if that's the case, you know, you really have to think about changing directions. You know, like Trevor, you mentioned, you know, LC is equal to LC formula here. Yeah, LC
1: equals BP. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're two different. We're two different species and people. And you know, you know, it's it's amazing. We're similar yet we're different, right? And it's important for people to understand that it's okay if your spouse doesn't agree with everything on your list because the goal here is to see what is comparable and what is agreed upon, and then know that there's going to be some polarity on that list as well. And that's okay. I mean, we can't have day without night, right? I I endorse both. I love, you know, living my life during the day and boy, I love sleeping at night, but I don't make it good or bad or right or wrong. So I think the goal in what you said is very powerful to say that we're not looking for this to be Pollyanna. Everything's got to be perfect. Everything's got to be aligned. But again, I go back to if your spouse doesn't know what's important to you and what you value, and you don't know what's important to your spouse or what they value, it's kind of like the five love languages. If you don't know your partner's top one, two, three, four, five love languages, you're missing out.
0: So Trevor, let me ask you this. If you have someone that has gone through all these steps, they love themselves, they understand themselves, they understand their partners, they understand their needs, their partner's needs, their love languages. They know what the perfect relationship is they've done the 90-day challenge they create this list their spouse looks at the list and is like is like i'm not any of these things i'm not going to change and then you know the person's thinking well i need these things to be in a relationship what what do you do at that point where do you go well
1: there, there's so many different things that we can you know absolutely lean into but unfortunately people take the path of least resistance and they start planning their escape route or they start you know looking around or they start you know spending more time doing their hobbies than being with their significant other where i think for most people they really forget that sometimes you know we're there and a challenge is meant to, for us to go find a solution so there's things like you know marital therapy there's counseling there's some great work done by you know the gottmans who are just some of the best most unbelievable therapists on the planet they can literally I mean, these guys are so good, Ravi, that they can literally watch a couple and for 15 minutes, watch a couple. And with a 96% accuracy rate, tell you whether that couple will be divorced within five to seven years or if they'll stay together. Right. And so there's tools and there's seminars and there's books and there's date with destiny with Tony Robbins. And there's all these different things that are tools, right? It's almost like if you need to hit a nail into a piece of wood. Are you going to use a screwdriver? Or are you going to use a hammer? So I think for some people, you got to see it as it is, not worse than it is. And then ask yourself, you know, how can we get support to either, you know, support us or give us some insight or, you know, really remember that success leaves clues, right? And it doesn't always mean that you and your spouse are fighting. I mean, I know and coach a lot of couples who will go to couple's therapy or a counselor to improve their communication or improve their understanding of each other, because it really boils down to, you know, really what we call your triad and your triad is your physiology. How are you showing up in your body language with your spouse? How about your focus with your spouse? And how about your language with your spouse? Because those three things are the biggest things that I think we have an opportunity to improve. It's how we're showing up physically, how we're showing up mentally and how we're using our language to really support you know, the common goal here? What do you think of those?
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely 100% agree. You have to be resourceful in these situations. It's very easy to, to just hang your hat up and be like, hey, I'm out, I'm done. You know, that's an easy answer. The harder answer is trying your best to make it work. And if you both mutually are working together to make it work, that's even better. But if only that's one it. person is doing it, that's okay. Because yeah. ultimately what you're doing is you're bettering yourself. You're understanding yourself. You understand how you, what your blind spots are, and you're improving those. And as you improve those, and you and you make improvements in yourself, your relationship will improve. And if it doesn't, you know you could think about other things. But at that point, it's so important to get help from others. And and Trevor, I really like how you said that. You know, this is where counseling comes in because. I th- I really feel that many people go to counselors as a one-stop shop. Like, help me figure this out. Like, I need your yeah. help, probably everything I need to do. You know, that's not necessarily wrong and not judging that, but I feel that what we just discussed in this brief podcast is so important to really get to understanding the fundamentals first and doing these challenges first before. You go to counseling and expect them to do everything. Now you could do it concomitantly; it could be done together. That's I mean, there's no problem with that. But these things that I mentioned are so important to understand, so you can get the most out of counseling.
1: Now, very well said, and and again, it's spot on. Is if you expect someone else to be the bridge or conduit and the savior to your relationship, but you haven't at least shifted into first gear, second gear, third gear, and use some of these tools it's almost like you're, you're, you're making it the therapist's job rather than taking what we call extreme ownership in your own, because I'll tell you for a lot of couples that really do go and, you know, some people, you know, really don't want to have the stigma of needing couples therapy, but I'm telling you for, for the times I've gotten with my spouse, Lisa. And again, we've never really had any massive problems or dustups. We have an amazing relationship. It was all about really understanding that You know what? It really boils down to two things. If your relationship is not where you want it to be, lots of times it's because the spouse, one of the spouses is feeling unloved and the other spouse is feeling a level of disrespect or not respected enough. It's called love and respect, where if you really go back to your last altercation with your spouse or your last dust up, I'll bet somebody wasn't listening or somebody wasn't present or somebody wasn't, you know, feeling that they were heard. And underneath that is really a feeling of I'm not loved or I'm not lovable. Whereas on the other side, I'll bet the other person that was involved is feeling a little bit of anger, frustration, pissed off, but really underneath that is they're feeling disrespected or not thanked enough. So we get into what's called the crazy cycle. And the crazy cycle is where someone over here is not feeling loved. Someone over here is feeling disrespected. And we go around and around and around and around until we satisfy You know, those two things. What do you think of the crazy cycle?
0: Yeah, yeah. I know we spoke about this, you know, in the past. And it was, you can continue this path and go nuts, or you can go north, which is, you know, getting to the, getting to a better place and letting go of all those feelings, you know, get to the place of gratitude, acceptance, understanding, taking a break, taking a time out, you know, think to yourself, oh, is this, isn't this interesting? And moving on versus going south and going, you know, in in a negative direction. Great. So once you finish step four, you create this list, get to step five, you know, as we, as we discussed, things, some things may work in a perfect world, everything will align perfectly, but, you know, most of the time that's not going to happen. The one thing that has to happen though is you mutually have to agree to work together to make this work. You, you have to both want the relationship to work. Cause if you have one person that's like, I'm kind of, you know, my foot's out the front door, I'm, I, and I don't think I'm coming back, it's just, it's very hard to, to bring that person back. Now, it's possible, but if your mind is not in it, it's going to be more difficult. So mutually agree to work, make it work. As you mentioned, Trevor, you know, Gottman, The Seven Principles to Make Marriage Work. That book is phenomenal. I really recommend reading that one. Take feedback from your spouse. Don't, don't get defensive. I mean, he talks about the four horsemen in that book. One of them is being defensive. Don't get defensive about, you know, what your spouse is saying. Get take agree to take that feedback. You're always going to feel like you're putting more into the relationship than you're getting out of it. And that's natural. That's normal to feel that. And it's you're going to feel that for a while. But then, you know, as things improve, you're it's gonna that feeling is gonna go away. Acceptance and understanding, you know, super important. Understanding that you are not right. There's no right and wrong. And I think this was this is a really key point, is it's very easy to judge someone else and easy to point the finger at someone, but it's much more difficult to accept and, and understand that they are seeing the world from a different perspective.
1: I love that. Yeah. It's almost like Napoleon Hill says, in think and grow rich that, you know, there is no failure. There's only feedback, right? There is no failure in a relationship. There's only feedback and spouse to spouse. We're going to get a lot of feedback for, Five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years together, right? So I think Rubby's spot on where you got to be open to that feedback and you really have to take that extreme ownership again over your language because most dust ups come from people pointing the finger saying, you didn't do this or you didn't do that or you're the cause or you instigated this. Where if you just turn your finger down and you start using the word, I feel, I feel triggered or I feel hurt or I feel something isn't here. You literally change the whole vibration and frequency of that argument to accusatory you, you, you to, Hey, Ruby, I feel, and I'm telling you folks, just that little distinction is a game changer. Ruby, what do you think of that yes, one?
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I I know it intimately well, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like when, when it's like you did this, you did this versus I feel unheard. I feel unloved, you know, yes. makes such a huge difference. And it, and it just, it, you you have that, you know, the defensiveness goes away, that you soften up with that language, you know, especially if you use these harsh words, like you always do this, you never do this, you know, those, those, again, those words are attacking. But if you're just like, you know, I feel that you don't do this for me, I feel that you don't, that that is such an important tool to use when you're having these discussions. Trevor, we made it through my five, I, I didn't think we would, because there's so much there's so much to talk about. We could still continue to talk for hours and hours, but we got through it. I feel like we talked about a lot of good techniques, a lot of distinctions that people could use. Do you feel like we left anything out that was, that's really important that you should relay?
1: Yeah, well, Robbie, thank you so much for having me on. And your five pillars are absolutely spectacular. We dripped a lot of content here. Strongly advise the listener to go back, listen to this again, take notes, but share some of this with your spouse but my final distinction is again, you know, there's, there's a couple things I will say as we get ready to wrap here. And the first one is remember that, you know what, there's a reason for every season, right? Sometimes you might be in that summer. Sometimes you might be in the winter, but you know, seasons change and remember that this too shall pass. So for any of you that are out there that are in your, your relationship winter, use some of these to really up-level yourself first. And then, you know, work to do that, that 90 day challenge that Ravi talked about. But remember that, you know, I do believe that with a little bit of effort, a little bit of an intention, some of these tools can radically shift what's happening in your world. So that's number one is this too shall pass and do the full court press to initiate and use some of these tools. The other thing is to get playful, get fun, get fired up. I mean, check in with your level of passion and check in with your level of hunger To get that boat out on the water and have that relationship sail to unbelievable places. I mean, it's a beautiful world out there. And I'm telling you, I think people are only scratching the surface of really both of them stepping into their highest and best self to really get that boat out on the water and having an amazing journey. So check in with your hunger for that. Check in with your passion for that. And I'm telling you, your best days are ahead of you with your relationship.
0: Wonderful. We'll end at that. Thank you so much, Trevor. Thank you, Uh Rabbi.
1: Keep up the great work, my brother. Love what you're doing. Take care. Thank you so much.
0: I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please make sure to hit the subscribe and the like button and leave a comment about what you'd like to see on our future episodes. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only, does not substitute for professional care, nor does it constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for medical care, please seek a qualified doctor or medical professional. For more information, or if you'd like to check out our programs, please visit our website, peakwellnesshealth.com. That's peakwellnesshealth.com.